Welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions, your go-to source for nerd knowledge in the 21st century. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and joining with me always is the amazing, the impeccable, the stunning, the stellar, uh, whose hair is not quite as red as it was a while ago. It doesn't have that wafty, wavy redness to it anymore. Mr. David Perry. Hello, David. How are you? Good. Hi. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. <laughs> as always. The red's washed out, so the gray's back. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Um, Not roots. <laughs> and joining us tonight uh, from the D&D side of the podcast, the International Tavern of Players, coming to you from the wonderful UK, is Miss Nix. Nix, how are Hello. you doing today? Or I'm tonight, good. good I'm morning. good. Is it, is, it, is it technically morning over there? Yeah, yeah. Ten past midnight. Yes. Oh, so thank you for gracing us with your presence and, you know, being able oh. to be on the show tonight. It's absolutely my pleasure it's so nice to be able to be here yeah no you get to be on now you get to be on this side where we just basically do the same things we do during the D, except we're not rolling dice and making bad decisions setting no, barns we, we on could fire. roll dice and make bad decisions <laughs> anyway we, we could we could to totally be do fair, that. sometimes i just do that in life like <laughs> if i can't decide on something i will roll a d20 you know what's you make funny? a bad decision you know what's so funny about that all right uh the guys at the post office that I work at, right? Uh, they're starting to use D&D like lingo when we're talking. And I was talking to one of the people and I was explaining something. And one of the guys comes up to me, he goes, roll a D20 for deception. And I look over and I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, are we, is that D&D talk? And he goes, ooh, critical fail. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is going on? Is this, is this is allowed? I was so excited. I was confused, excited, mortified. It was so many emotions at one time. Um, actually, before I continue this little tangent, um, I promised my wife I would do this. And I know you guys are going to get a laugh at this. Uh, so I have to tell this story before I ask you guys any more questions. Um, my wife saw something nerdy before I ever did. And knew it was aware of its existence before I was. Um, we're sitting there. We're getting ready to watch uh, It Part Two. Because I've, apparently I've never seen it. And so we're watching horror movies because it's Halloween. Uh, or, you know, Halloween time frame. Oh, you're such a wush, Nix. Um, oh, you're allowed to speak. But I, so on this side, you can speak. You don't have to make faces. You can actually talk. <laughs> no, hate horror movies. Can't do it. Oh, it's gore. not bad. It was all right. It was more, I chuckled more than anything in it. Gore is fine. Jump scares I can't do. Uh, it wasn't what? really that jump scary. Um, but so we're sitting there getting ready to watch it. And she looks over at me and she goes, hey, so what'd you think of the new Batman trailer? And I go, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, yeah, there's a new Batman trailer. First off, you're not nerdy. How the hell did you hear about this? And she goes, oh, you know, uh, I was watching it over at my sister's house. What? Your sister's not nerdy. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I never knew this moment was going to happen. I'm like, what moment? I saw something nerdy before you did. And I'm like, you shut your mouth. And she goes, oh, you're not nerdy anymore. And I'm like, shut up. Shut your the mouth. The murder has become <laughs> nerdy. Yeah, she's like. I'm nerdier than you. Ooh, I know something that you don't know. You have a podcast, but I know something you don't know. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Let me see the damn trailer. And we did. We watched it. And it's so good. I, I, I've got to say, 
I am thoroughly, thoroughly excited to see Robert Patterson as Batman. Uh, the everybody that's in it is 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 it Colin Farrell is playing the Penguin, I believe. Um, it, it looks good. It looks really, really, really good. The is this only a terrible thing- time to tell you I hate Batman? No, that's okay. Totally, it's cool. I'm not okay, a bad. Good, I'm not. A, I'm not a DC guy. Batman. I'm not a DC guy. Um, well, I will. He is just yeah. one. All he does is whine. Oh, mm. My parents are dead. Boo hoo. The only person who can tell me what to do is someone I hire. So really, I can do what I want. Boo hoo hoo. I've got so much money. I've got no superpowers. I just moan. You should definitely see the trailer for this one because that is. And, it's more and, like I'm angry, Batman. <laughs> And do you not think there's something sus with the fact that he, pick, you know, he picks up Robin sort of as an 18 year old young man, dresses him Side in white and teaches him to fight with other men? Like, I feel like there's something that I think there's something dodgy there. Like, oh, I've got this young boy. What I'm going to do is put him in skin tight lycra and get him to wrestle other men. <laughs> and thank you, Nick, for, for coming on the show tonight. This has been a great episode having you on. <laughs> no. Um, oh my or, god or my, my beef with batman and to an extent oh. iron man is that if you have that much money right if you have the money that you can build all of the gadgets that batman has if you really wanted to fight crime you would just fund social programs you would oh, make yeah. it so everybody in gotham has food and shelter and health care <laughs> it's just maslow's hierarchy of needs yes I'm not going to argue that because I have absolutely agreed and made that same debate, um, which is funny. However, that being said, the trailer does look really good. Uh, Robert Patterson definitely looks like an, a very angry Batman. Like I did love Lego Batman. Lego Batman was epic. Lego Batman yeah. was epic. I actually have that. So I have a playlist of songs that I play to annoy my wife. Quite literally, the list is called Songs to Annoy My Wife. Um, and that song is on there, and me and my son will sing it with it, and we'll get the Batman, and you know, just to do it with her, and we'll get him loud and obnoxious as possible. Uh, yeah, I'm a child, I know it, and I've accepted these terms and conditions. Um, but yeah, she wanted to make sure you guys knew that she saw something nerdy before I did. Well, that, um, that just means that she's nerdier than you. Do we need a spin-off podcast, Mums with Nerdy Ambitions? Would that, wouldn't that be just Mana? Because mine's DNA, which is, that's how I came up with the name. I was trying Mana-mana. to find a fun. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, there's another earworm to annoy your wife. That is. Oh, no, I have that. Have you seen that stupid, uh, he's it, a German guy. La, 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 yes. I have I a five-hour loop one on from YouTube that I found, and I play it, and I get into it too, and I'll just sing it as loud as I can. And Ethan dies laughing watching it too. He's like giggling and everything because he knows I'm being a, I'm being, uh, as my wife likes to call it, fresh. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I watched Dune. By the way, uh, I don't. David, have you seen it? Ah. Uh- I haven't. I was out of town when it came out and we just, my wife and I just haven't had an opportunity to sit down for three hours and watch it on the big screen. Have you read the book? Uh, A long time ago. You might actually, okay. So let me say this because I want to do an episode on it. Um, The movie I gave, I would give it a seven out of 10. 
I thought this, the details, the, the emphasisms on water, the just like how everything looked, the cinematography was spectacular. The storytelling, it definitely picked out pieces from the book. My problem is this should have been a three-parter movie, not a two-parter. They very much glaze mm. over, very, very lightly touch and leave out a significant amount of stuff in the first one. And then, yes, you can always make that argument. The book is always better than the movie, but there's just stuff. And I don't want to ruin it because I want you to see it. And then we'll have a good debate on it. Nick, oh. are you are you a Dune fan? Um, I don't know it, but I'm very, very keen to see it. Okay, um, cool. Maybe so, we'll bring you on too to do it. Well, we'll see. I think Pete's quite a big um, okay. Dune the- fan. But um, my colleague is, so I, I don't think I've ever talked about what I do, um, but I'm a secondary school teacher and I teach media studies and graphic design and filmmaking and stuff like that. And so my colleague who does a lot of filmmaking, he has just been, you know, raving about Dune. Um and all of the you know information he's found in advance and he's gone to see it i'm very very keen oh interesting the costume design looks phenomenal oh it's it's uh, uh, the the visually phenomenal uh audio phenomenal script very well done sequence of events much needed uh, uh, a friend of mine who who is is a big dune fan uh, they told me that if you aren't familiar with the source material, you'll you'll get bored out of your skull about an hour in. Yes. But if you like the Dune books that were written by by Frank Herbert and not the ones that were written after he died, mm-hmm. they said that you will love it. So I'll be interested to see how I feel about it. Right. And, and, and knowing and, anything about it. I was surprised. I, I kind of knew, I, you know, I knew that it was going to be just the first half of the first book. And I was kind of hoping when they had shot this, that they would have just shot it. They would have just, they would have shot the entire movie Lord of the Rings style instead of waiting to see how this one did to see if they get enough money to make a second or a third part. Um, and, and just, just, just bite it, just bite off the whole project. And just, because otherwise if they didn't, if the, if this first part didn't do well or didn't do as well as they thought, and they ended up not making the rest of the movie, it would end up being like the the uh, Battle Angel Alita, where it's just kind of like the, now they're too far out to make a sequel to that, and that's a movie that really deserved a sequel, and it was because it was good, and I think it made enough money. But you know, I also understand that you know I'm talking, I'm spending someone else's money when I say that. Yeah. You know, but it, but it like, would have been nice if they had just made both of those movies all at once. Yeah, um, I understand why they did like they they there is the potential like they did with Lord of the Rings, but there's also that fear of what if we're not like Lord of the Rings and we just spent a ton of money. Um, but again, we'll save this for a whole another episode okay. because there there is I, I I definitely have the intent to do an episode for this. Um, like I said, seven out of ten. And as a person okay. who's who's read De- Dune multiple times, and I absolutely love the first book, the others I can't stand. Like uh, Children of Dune it was a dry read for me, um, but that's a different beast. Uh, you, sir, Mister Perry, have some fun things that you're going to be trying to do. So, uh, what's up with you, buddy? <laughs> um, all right. Well, the 
the reason I was out of town and couldn't go see Dune was I was at an event, uh, the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club. They had the second, the last weekend, uh, they had the second event called MercsCon, which is a, a club-centric uh, event. And part of it is an excuse just to get together and socialize. And part of it was also a business meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a, it's a club-centric event. And uh, most of the, the club officers, uh, including myself, were there. And we had panels and, you know, members came from all over the country. The first time we did it, we had it in Daytona and this is pre COVID. So we had a lot of international um, folks come in, folks from Canada. We had a couple of folks from Australia, a lot of folks from Belgium, uh, the UK and so on. Uh, but this time because of COVID, we couldn't force Missouri our way out of it. Like we did last year, it was supposed to be last, uh, last October. Um, but because they were allowing uh, uh events they they contracts were signed so we held it and it was in new orleans and i'd never been to new orleans before so my wife and i uh we went down a couple days early and we did some of the the tourist things that you do when you're in new orleans right i feel like we ate for seven days straight um (laughs) uh you know uh we, we we did some tours we did a bus tour of the city we bought one of those passes that's like $50 $50 a day. And then you can go to, they have like 30 of 30 things on it. Right. They have one in London. Uh, mm-hmm. They have one for Rome. They have one for Barcelona New York, Philadelphia, wherever you buy a pass and it's got 30 events and you know, you, all of them are, they're not free. They're included. Uh, mm-hmm. So we went to the world war II museum and we did a ghost tour and we did a cemetery tour. And my wife went to a, a new Orleans school of cooking demo. Um, and that was good. That, that was good. I, like I said, I'd never been, uh, I feel like I ate, my weight and beignets um <laughs> and one of, one of the things is. it's a it's fried dough that's covered in powdered sugar it's a um, heart attack in just delish form it's 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 sweet sweet dough that's been deep fried and then covered in powdered sugar and uh there is no delicate way to eat a beignet um, just like oh, oh right and then when you're done it just looks pretend like you're an american well, when you're done, it looks like you just left a party at Charlie Sheen's house. I mean, that's because you're just covered in powdered sugar. I, you know, I, I don't know how I asked some one of the locals. I said, now, are all of the squirrels and the pigeons diabetic from just going around and, and you know, eating up all of the powdered sugar that's that's at Cafe Du Monde or Cafe Beignet or some of these other places? Uh, but we ate a lot of a lot of po'boys and a lot of etouffee and gumbo and jambalaya and, and all that. I love uh, that. Was a really incredible. Oh, it's so yeah. good, so good. Um, uh, the, the, go ahead. The food, Sorry, the food. The, the food was was the main was was amazing. Uh, so that was my last weekend, and then what I think you're leading me towards is uh, tomorrow, which is uh, October 29th. Uh, Disney is uh, that's when they're opening up to the general public reservations for the the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, uh, which is. The hotel that the Star Wars themed hotel, immersive hotel uh, that they're building, um, which just costs an exorbitant amount of money, uh, and and I, I, my wife and I and and I think we're going to take our granddaughter and go down sometime, you. sometime Adopt next me. year. Well, take me. <laughs> well, you, you have a you have a job. I'll make you pay your own way. <laughs> if look if, if I can look, my wife let me said i could go to comic-con if i can go to comic-con i think i can go to star wars all right well it's, <laughs> it, it, it's just when they announce this thing there's a part of me that the cynical part of me just thinks it's, it's just this flagrant money grab and it's well totally is totally is. A, a, 
a, a legitimate criticism is when they when they came up with Galaxy's Edge. You know, we we talked about Galaxy's Edge last year. Uh, Galaxy's Edge was supposed to have a lot of interactive things, um, and it turned out that it didn't. It was supposed to have little side quests that you could do, or you would interact with characters uh, in that in that area of Hollywood Studios or out in Disneyland. Um, but they kind of pushed that off into this hotel. Um, and so that's a legitimate criticism that now they're hiding all of that. They're hiding that part of the adventure behind a paywall uh, and not a cheap paywall at that. Um, mm. Because the, the, the story is you show up and your characters, I don't know exactly how they're gonna do this, but you know, if you've been to Disney, they give you a magic band, right? And a magic band is this RFID chip that goes on that goes around your wrist, or you can put it on a lanyard or whatever. And they basically track you, because so Disney knows where you are. And so when you come home and you log into the, the Disney website, it shows you, hey, here are all your pictures from from where you went on all these rides. So it shows you on Splash Mountain and on Thunder Mountain and on Rise of the Resistance and all these places where they have you know those hidden cameras and take your picture. Well, you're like, well, how do they know I was there? Because I didn't check into it. Well, they know because you're wearing your ID chip on your wrist. Um, so supposedly there's going to be this story and people are, you know, can dress up in costume and it's a two night, uh, three day cruise like experience, uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, and so you go on and there you can, you can, it, you know, uh, Galaxy's Edge is set in the, uh, the, the sequel trilogy era. So it'll be set after, you know, uh, during Rise of the Resistance. Uh, Kylo Ren is there, General Hux is there. Um, for Smuggler's Run, you're on a cargo run with Hondo Okana from, um, from uh, Clone Wars. And so, you know, part of this is you can, you can be the good guy or be the bad guy. You know, it's, it's kind of the first step towards Westworld. And they've hired a bunch of actors instead of robots. They've hired actors to play out certain parts and, you know, you, the, all the stuff that's going to go on uh, while you're there. Uh, and it is exorbitantly expensive, and it's probably one of those things that most people will do once or twice in their life. Um, and I just, you know, my wife and I were talking about it, and I just said, well, you know, if they keep offering me overtime at work, I did the math, and I figured out how many hours I need to work, and I think I can work it between now and then, and we're just going to go. So uh, I've got... Jealous. I've got my travel agent set to set. <laughs> yeah, to so if we this. lose, if we lose David during this recording, this is why he's being yeah. a monster <laughs> and, and booking his trip without me and Nick's to go to star Wars land. Be glad Pete's not here. He'd be probably crying in this corner right now. Well, I, yeah. I will, I will take lots of pictures, but you know, it's yes. If, if you if you if you've looked at or read anything about this, it's one of those things that other than being either a huge, huge Star Wars fan or having way too much money that you just don't know what to do with it. The value proposition for this. I just don't know how you would justify it other than just I really want to do it. Um, but I but I think I really want to do it is enough. That's I, more I, than enough. I, I, I don't disagree. I, you know, I, I think you're right. And, and if, but I also, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. Thanks, Steve. No so, worries. <laughs> did, one of my criticisms of Disney, and, and I say this as a huge Star Wars fan, is that in the past 10 years, 15 years, they've built, they've made their theme parks destinations and they've mm. made them aspirational. 
and they've priced out a lot of people who used to be able to afford to go once a year. Because um, my family would do that. And, and again, I remember going back through the 80s and the 90s when you could take a family of four regularly. And I remember going in college when you could get into one park for one day for 25 bucks. And now you, you just can't do that. You, you can, there are a lot of restaurants, you can't even get an entree for $25 anymore. I also understand there's regular inflation. Um, but, you know, just if you look on their website, the Galactic Star Cruiser website, for two people, again, this is for two nights and about 48 hours worth of time for two people in a, in a standard room is a, just under $5,000. Now, other places you can go for $5,000, two people can do a back-to-back seven-day cruises on those giant Royal Caribbean monstrosities in the, you know, that go to the Bahamas and, and St. Thomas and, and all that. Um, so that's two weeks. Again, all the stuff on, on those giant, you know, the big Royal Caribbean boats um, for about the same price as three days, two nights at this experience. Um, so like I said, as just as a value proposition, I don't, I don't know that it's worth it unless you just really want to. Um, I mean, and I really want to it, it, look at it this way too. It's, you know, where are your priorities? Yes. And by the way, if you guys hear the pitter patter sound of like this random sound, and if it gets recorded, I have new kittens in my house. Because <gasps> why do um, not leave? Because you need oh, more I, chaos I in your life. Yes, I do need more chaos. Um, and by the way, my wife wouldn't let me name them one of them the names that I want. They were born on Friday the thirteenth. Um, Freddie and Jason. Uh, I wanted. I wanted. Well, the one's a girl, so we named her Jinx. And then I wanted Jason, mm-hmm. but we went with Dante from Dante's Inferno. And so we have Dante and Jinx. Thanks. And I wanted J- Jason, and just because I got the I got the twins to say Kiki Mama, Kiki Mama, and that's how we were gonna call Jason, like Kiki Mama, just to see if he'd come over. But no, it's Dante. So, uh, which is still cool. It's still cool. It's just the fact that I got two cats, and they're they're we got them in. Uh, it's only been a week um but they were born last month on friday the 13th so we got halloween kittens that were born on friday the 13th and yeah and so and they're orange and black so they are my wife wanted to name them hocus and pocus so uh i, I was able to get away uh, away from that because yes it's cute when concept but like hocus hocus come here pocus it just it didn't know i just wanted to go kiki ki ma mama I don't, I don't get the things that I want all the time. You can still do that. I I can, but it's not going to work out as well. It's not, it's, it's not into character. Um, But what I was trying to get at is uh, people spent, I have a friend, he is buying customized golf clubs. Those are going to cost a pretty penny. That's we'll say around anywhere between 1500 to $2,000 for golf clubs. Right. That's where your priorities. When I played roller derby, my skates were, well over a thousand pounds. I don't know how that. Shut up. Oh really? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rollerblade was it? Rollerblades or roller skates? Skates. Skates. So the boots themselves. Oh, well, I don't know what the conversion rate is. Uh, it's one pound is basically a dollar thirty to a dollar fifty right now. 
I don't okay. know. With so, yeah, the, Without the, getting into politics and saying something about Brexit, I don't know if that's how much that is affected. Uh, but so I'll do that. I'll look it up right now. So, yeah, um, the boots were on their own were like four hundred pounds. The plates on the bottom that you attach the wheels to were three hundred ish. The wheels are about eighty to one hundred quid a set. Um, yeah, and then you know various other parts. You know different wheels. Um, Etc. Etc. Uh, speaking uh, so, of, that's my travel agent. So I'll be right back. Oh yeah, you go do your thing. Uh, <laughs> so that's one thousand three hundred and seventy-three dollars. It's a dollar thirty-seven per pound. Yeah, so, they, they were really expensive. That's ridiculous expensive. Yeah. Um. So and since I damaged my knee, I can't play anymore. So I've just got these expensive roller skates in my shed. Oh, you can't even just and go I around and just skate every once in a while on them yeah i do sometimes i just oh, can't I do full contact you know, oh no think... you can't tackle people do now so let me ask you this Does that, whenever do you put them on and you just start skating you're like i could totally take that person down i'm oh, sure yeah, you, you're like i'm going to knock the crap out of them i'm sure you use, you could use some more colorful words but like <laughs> yeah i mean the thing is like i wasn't amazing but i was pretty good like my team what? came and did a tournament in the u.s okay so Educate me a little bit here on roller derby because I, uh, there's what was your position? Were you? Um, a, I was a blocker. You were a blocker, so you protected. You weren't. You, what are the positions? I was the one Bouncers, who blockers. So there's the jammer, who's uh -huh. the one who has a star on their helmet, uh -huh. and their job is to basically. Um, they were the one who skate around to score the points. Okay. So the. At any point, there are five players from each team on track. There are 14 players in total for each team, but you swap it in and out uh, um, because obviously you can't skate continuously. So it tends to be you have like two packs of blockers and maybe four jammers, um, and then they rotate because the jammers, you know, just get beat, you know, hit the bejesus out of. <laughs> and so they maybe need a bit more rest. So the Jammer's the one with the star on their helmet, and their uh, aim is to skate past the blockers of the other team, do a whole lap, and then the second time round, each person they pass on the opposing team, they get a point for, and they can keep going round and round and round. But the first jammer through is called lead jammer, they're the first one through, and they can stop the jam, that like that round almost, at any time by touching their hands to their hips, which you can't quite see me do, yeah. but like this. Okay. Um, so I was a blocker and my job was to stop the opposing team's jammer getting past while also trying to clear the way for our jammer to get through. That's what's up. All right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's actually kind of cool. Uh, there's one, there's, a, there's a, I think there's a roller derby team or there's a, a, a location here in Connecticut. I think it was over by the Naval base in Groton. I'm almost 100%. There was one which was, I thought was really cool. And I, I know our listeners can't see this right now, but David is, has his hair wafting down beside him. And it was kind of majestic for a second. You don't ever see David with his hair down. He always has it a man bun. <laughs> He's just wafting it back I don't think he can hear us either. <laughs> no, he can't, which is even better when he listens to this episode. Um, so while he's doing that, uh, We'll talk about a little bit because you're on the D&D side, but the thing, the reason we're doing this episode and, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to make sure I brought you on because you were on the, the role-playing game side is yeah. that 
this is my one year anniversary. Like today, the day this episode comes out is the one year anniversary of the podcast. So I'm like, yay! So I need to do something special. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it is exciting. It is. I cannot believe I've been doing this for a year, and we have uh, around sixty episodes, which is means basically we're putting out an episode, if not multiple episodes, uh, a week. So and when you started this a year ago, yes. where did you think you'd be in a year? Did you, what do you think uh, you would have? Multi-millionaire, uh, lots and lots of lightsabers. Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> that's my dream for next year too. Multi-millionaire, uh, lots oh, yeah. and lots of lightsabers. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, world tour live shows. Absolutely. No, uh, I had no idea how far this was going to go. Uh, to where we are now, we're we're internationally known. We are very big in the UK, which is awesome. Which is even more fun having you on board because you know that's it, that just makes it that much more icing on the cake. Uh, Ireland, uh, England, and are, are are big with us. United States, uh, and then Australia, New Zealand, Germany is starting to get big with us, and it just it speckled the, and then it speckled all over. Uh, and then there's someone, there's some people in Norway, and then there's there's one that's it's so random. I can't remember where it is. I have to look at it again. It's just like uh, I had one in was it in Saudi Arabia? I think it was. It was like oh that that's cool. That was random. I like I like to look and see where our list the listeners are and yeah. everything. So it's kind of uh, but when I originally started this show. It, what it is now and what I originally started it as are completely different, which is really neat because when I originally started this, I wanted to be in an information show, which I think we still kind of do, but we we've narrowed it down a little bit um, where I would just dedicate the entire episode to talking about that specific subject. So I want to redo our D&D episode uh, because I definitely feel like we we spent two episodes. We spent three hours talking about how to play D&D, what brings people into D&D. And it's, they were great episodes, but it felt more like an effort. It started off more inf like as information and answering mm. questions because we do. We were answering a lot of questions that people had versus making it more of an easy listen relatable. And that's where I feel like we are now. We're a lot more easy listening. And then next year, I'll probably look at this and go, wow, I was an idiot. I totally still hadn't had this right. Um, mm to uh we, i made it because i am a dad and i wanted to be like i have a nerdy kid so how do i be a parent of a nerd and how do you know talk how do you talk to somebody if your kid is nerdy or how do you get them involved if you think this is something you're like mm -hmm. and actually the person that changed that for me is david um because he goes he looked at it in a different light and he goes you know instead of trying to get them into it or if they're into it look at it in the light of this is if they're in this this is what you should be looking at and this is what the mm. things i would do um and we, we kind of still cover that a little bit um but it's it's more of i think i just more of now that i just do it like what my life is like as a nerdy dad and finding out stuff that happens like i have guys now that i work with that listen to the podcast and then go you know what we want to play dnd and it's because of the podcast and that makes it so ha it makes me so happy. And I have people that listen uh, at work 
who just are like they like to listen to the regular episodes and get some fun facts and then they get to hear about my life and see what everything is like and, and I, I don't try to keep anything hidden from people and see you know i'm a parent with three kids so it's it's definitely an interesting okay. thing i think having nerdy role models though are is quite important and i yes. think that's part of what you're trying to create yes or at least your original plan yes you know the idea of how do i be a parent to a nerdy kid i mean i'm i don't have children i have two cats um but i feel like a lot as a teacher i'm like i want to be that nerdy kind exactly. of person um that you know kids can go oh actually so you know I've got my D&D pins on my lanyard so I've got like a gelatinous cube I love gelatinous cubes I've got gelatinous cube one that says who's you looking at um I like that on there. thanks love that um and um I you know I, I tell the kids I teach about the podcast and I've um, <laughs> So I played a little bit in one of my lessons, but it's really nice that I've now had kids coming up and going, oh, here's some art I drew of my D&D character. Or, and oh, I GM and I do this. Or, you know, it, it's so cool to be able to talk about nerdy stuff with the kids I work with, you know, and it comes sometimes from like kids I wouldn't expect. And that's what makes me think, actually, I, that's, exactly, that's exactly the plan of this. I like one of my favorite things the, the the most and even if i only had one listener i would still do this podcast mm. because i i am now that token person i am hey steve's a nerd he might know something about this or hey like hey i'm interested in this what you know what can you tell me about i had like people come to me all the time fam, friends and family will come to me and be like Hey, did you see this? What do you think of this? Because I know I'm a nerdy guy. I have become that it, it, on a small scale, on a very, very small scale. I am a symbol for nerdism. And I like that because I'm representing nerd culture. And I like being able to represent it in a positive light because mm -hmm. there are stereotypes about what a nerd is. Uh, most of them like involve are very negative. Like we don't bathe. Um, I'm kind of pulling the neck beard thing <laughs> right now, just because I'm lazy and haven't shaved in the last couple days. Uh, because oh, I'm getting ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting ready to do the no shave November. Uh, I tried to get David to do it, but uh, no, he wouldn't do it because he doesn't like he can't grow facial hair. <laughs> um so i'm getting ready to shave this all off and i know it's going to itch when i do so i'm mm. just kind of being lazy about it for <laughs> the next two days and um but it's there you know we don't the, 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 the that we don't shower that there's not girl nerds and i had to do an international episode uh, an international women's appreciation day episode and i brought on women from every background uh one was the military one was an OBGYN. Uh, one was just a she was a just a, an artist and they're all different types of nerds and I like bringing that on and we we did an LGBTQ episode unfortunately mm -hmm. there was some corruption with it and it didn't get to air um, but I brought on uh, two people who were absolutely amazing to talk to and they were making helping me look at stuff in a different light uh, they're, that they're the world is so much more open to nerd culture mm -hmm. that it's it was, I felt obligated 
that it was my job to help bring more light to it, help entertain people, get some laughs and realize everybody's a little bit nerdy. We all have our nerdums. Uh, my wife is Game of Thrones now. She is loving uh, all these just various little things that we do. Uh, so, but, and yeah. But you're right about saying that there's not a lot of, well, it doesn't seem like, or there's certainly not a lot of representation of female nerddom. Because I remember mm -hmm. being a kid and desperately wanting to play Games Workshop and play Warhammer. And I was told, oh, no, you can't go in there. Girls aren't allowed in the shop. And I was just like, like, I really wanted orcs. What team would you, did you want to play? Um, so when I grew up, yeah. I then had orcs. I had Sisters of Battle. Um, I started making a, um, like, uh, Chaos Marines, um, oh like Lost Legion. Yeah. Uh, I started painting. I'm more like the painting than the playing, but I still occasionally will just say red ones go faster because everyone knows they do. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my, my son and, You is... know, and the same with D&D. Like, I started playing with two, three female friends yeah. um, because we all wanted to play D&D, didn't know how to get into it and felt a bit anxious about, um, you know, joining a group. And so that's how I got into D&D, found that I loved it. And then, you know, when that unfortunately we couldn't all play together anymore because um two of the girls moved to new zealand um who are listeners um oh, yeah yeah they're really cool um so we could you know we played occasionally online but it's not quite the same they're 12 hours out yeah um, and that's what gave me the confidence to go join a group in real life and again it was amazing because we had a mix of ages mix of genders mix of races and it you know it was great because it was just felt so inclusive yeah um and my wife plays necrons by the way i wanted to mention that she plays okay necrons. if she does mana mana i'm in <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm only a cat mom yeah but... hey my brother when like it was him and i he's he's a fur daddy or he has fur babies or whatever. He told me not yeah. to call him a fur daddy. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like fur daddy has other connotations. It probably does. And but I, I'm you also know ahead what? of you. So I've got 175 <laughs> children. They're just not my birth children. No worries. <laughs> oh no, um, 173 because we excluded a couple. Now you you are you are on the D and D side of this this podcast, and I am. Um, you are in the UK, and so it's 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 always very much appreciated having you on. And we're going to be on tomorrow recording. For <laughs> <laughs> so thank you in advance for the exhaustion I know you're going to have. But it's one that's and that's one of the things and why I was excited to reach out to you is because when David was like, "Hey, man," I had no intentions because we had we did. A, sh uh, a short D&D one uh, that mm. was like a, a one-off and then we started one and unfortunately it fell through because of conflicts of like planning mm. and stuff like that and my brother had other stuff he was working on so we were just like hey we got to stop this and it was a lot of work and I had really had no intent on ever doing another D&D one at least not for a solid minute and then David kept has harassing me and he goes hey man um, I want to do D&D do you know anybody that does it online? And, and then people were like asking me like, hey man, what are you guys going to do D&D? And I'm like, 
all right, let's do this. And I was like, I know exactly who the first, and you were, you were the first person I asked. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to ask Nick's because I wanted you, you were a great person and I had a fun time interviewing you and you're, you're just a firecracker to begin with. So it was, it was no second thought about having you on. And I just knew, but my worst fear was you were going to tell me no, because it was going to be a struggle with the time difference. And, and it is, it was a struggle. It, it, I mean, it is still is a struggle. And our good friend, Matthew, uh, he was doing, oh. doing work hours and everything. And unfortunately, yeah. and well, fortunately for him, he had a job change, but unfortunately for us, we had to say goodbye to him at least for a little bit. And yeah. having him in Australia was really cool. And the fact that we have two people in the UK and we have David, who's in West Virginia, David, you unmuted yourself earlier and we had oh, to I? mute you yeah sorry yeah so we heard all about your personal plans and everything and your finances okay uh we we need to talk about we your 401k. You again. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry about that oh no it was only for like two seconds dude yeah it was fine um, <laughs> uh, but it was getting you and, and and having this international thing, I was like, all right, this is either going to be really, really neat or this is going to fail horribly. And if it fails horribly, I can go, eh, I tried. And none of us had ever played D&D together, which was nice. really interesting because David and I have had episodes together and uh-huh. I've talked to you, Nix, and that was it. And we never, like, yeah, we never knew, we, Ma- you knew Matthew. And I don't know if you, did you ever play with him before? Um, no, we uh, had done like murder mystery evenings yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but I knew him through roller derby. He was one of my coaches. And then, um, and, yeah, and we, we just hit it off because we had similar backgrounds and, and stuff then, like that. And your, your, your boyfriend, Pete. Yes. Who is our turtle. Uh, I'm sure you guys, you two have played with each other. We, um, that's how we met yeah oh that's awesome and so you know i said um i finally got the confidence up to go to a shop yeah. to play uh, yeah. pete was the dm that's awesome that's how we met yeah wow so I went in and, that's um, all it took to get your number is just to be the dm that's what's up. <laughs> well pretty i mean he's a he's a very good dm um but he's also a lovely person like obviously he is I'm he is a great person We'll get but him no, eventually we, on the show. We became friends, um, like playing D and D, and then he, I mentioned that I larped, and he was like, "Oh my god, I'd love to try that." And I was like, "Come along, larping with me." Um, and then the weather was rubbish, so we went for dinner. Um, we just became really good friends, and then um, they developed into being together. So that's awesome. Yeah. And D and D is the reason we're together. It, that's that's that makes it even better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was the the way the episodes have flowed, the mm. way that it has gone together. I, I can't believe it. it. It's been a blast. Like we, none of us really know each other other than through the podcast itself and no, some I, social media. We've never I've met each other. You, anybody? It, like we've I've never met each to other. You once before? Yes. yes, we did the podcast because. You put a post up asking for people to interview, yeah, to be in the DD part. And I, um, I met you on Skype or Zoom, and you interviewed me. We talked about DD, yeah. um, and then you know, uh, I remember I spent that interview. whole day, I had like 25 people hit me up on it, and I was like, 
Yeah, it was a lot. And I, and I went through and I was like, I didn't realize you'd interviewed so many. I did. I didn't want now to I feel special. You, I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. Uh, <laughs> My mom says I'm special. But no, it was, I did. I had a lot of people and it was so hard because there were so many people that were so great. And there was so many, I, there was a, there was some people that had their other podcast hosts. They're like, Hey, I have a podcast. I'm used to doing stuff like this. I was like, man, that would be a great opportunity, but look, I wanted to make sure it fit. And then I wanted to talk to everybody else. Now, unfortunately you, you didn't make the cut, the first cut, but you were close. And I was like, you know, and I'm like, if I ever get the chance to get her on, and I think I even messaged you. I'm like, Hey, if I ever get the chance, are you down? And you're like, Heck yeah, you yeah. Were like, I'd love for you to be an NPC or yeah, to do I something. Was, I was like, hey, and I was like, when we're doing this again, and I was, I was like, all right, I'm hitting her up. Nick's, you in? You're like, let's do this, shook, shook. And oh, yeah. So, and then I, I was like, and I've got this friend in Australia. Yeah. You're like, let's yeah. do this. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, so, <laughs> what obviously you're enjoying it too. You're, you're having a fun time so much I love it and actually I really enjoy every week like I am listening back to it like I genuinely get excited when it's going to be out on Spotify Um, and I think like the thing I enjoy the most both about recording it Mm -hmm. and then the same enjoyment listening back is like the moments when we're laughing together because I think like you said none of us knew each other you know at first we were kind of like feeling out how do we work together but you know, as the episodes go on, and certainly in these last two, there's just so much joy and laughter and like, genuinely have such fun recording them. We have a blast. And David, feel free to, you know, jump in on this. I know, you you know, you, you kind of came in a little bit later. But, you know, what are your guys, what are your thoughts? Like, how do you feel about it? I'm just happy to be playing again. I mean, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, when I moved to West Virginia, I lost my gaming group and, you know, it's, I don't really like to play. I know I like to talk on this, but I'm, I'm an introvert by nature and I really don't just like to jump it, go to like a hobby store and play with strangers. I, that, That's um, fair. So it, it's been nice to, to get into a group, even a virtual one. Um, I, I've also enjoyed playing a character that I've never played before. I've never yeah. played a bard. I was going to ask uh, you guys that because I, that's one of the questions I was asked to you, Nix, was mm. what do you like playing a bard? So, but I'll start with you, David. Mm. How do you like playing a bard? It's interesting. I mean, I, but my, I'm going to show my age here. Uh, <laughs> my first role-playing game that I played, you can see behind me is Star Frontiers. And Star Frontiers was a TSR box game that came out in the early 80s. Uh, and from there, uh, a kid showed up in gifted class when I was in fourth grade with Star Frontiers and we started playing. Not very well, but, you know, that was my introduction to, to role-playing games. And then I played Red Box. And in Red Box, Elf is a class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so my first character was an elf because an elf is a fighter magic user. Uh, in the old red box uh, edition, usually what I play are either fighters or or magic users. Um, so it's it's been a, a little bit of a different experience playing a utility character. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to role play a tabaxi because I don't 
I don't. You're doing a really hell of a good job of just dragging dead bodies and feeding things and poking things with a stick. I just, it's funny because I play a tabaxi in uh, the long running campaign that I'm in. I feel like I'm cheating on you a bit by saying I'm in three other campaigns as well. It's Um, okay. It's it's called the Polygamerous. We're gonna get. We're gonna trademark that. We're gonna get That's it into a gamer. You, you, ne- you need to, Steve. You, I, we need I'm to get gonna. a trademark on it and start selling merchandise. Polygamery and polygamerous. Yeah, we'll work on the graphic design. Uh, yeah, so I play a tabaxi rogue in um, my long-running campaign, and um, yeah, it's good fun. But she spends a lot of time arguing that she's not a cat, that they're actually different things. <laughs> well, and, and I feel like I. I've played, I've played thieves in the past, uh, and I feel like a bard is a short step away from a thief class. Um, it, I, I could see that. I could. It's because it's, it's, it's part. It's part skill monkey, uh, just with more better spells. Um, it's deception in a different way, isn't it? Almost. Yes. I, yeah. Right. It's it's well. I, I think depending on how you play your bard, there there is the you know, and I hate the horny bard trope. Oh no! You, well, you're you're doing seduction. Your your love language is food. You feed stuff. Whatever. <laughs> um, but the, the 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 thief doesn't. The rogue doesn't want to be noticed, and I feel like the bard does because because right whether they're doing jazz hands or whether they're you know playing in front of the in the in the tavern or whatever um i think the bard likes the attention i think bards they 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 are gregarious as opposed to hiding in the shadows um but a lot of the functionality the cross functionality is there you know with the expertise skills and and some of the other things that are available to them Um, and i also you know, because I'm used to playing, like in, in this other campaign that I'm in, I'm playing a blade singer wizard. Um, and most of my, most of my wizards, the answer is always fireball. Um, it's not a bad answer. Unless no, it's it, does, it doesn't matter what the question is. The answer is always fireball. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it's been different. And, and I have enjoyed playing uh, uh, over the, over the computer. You know, and because of COVID, you kind of don't have a choice. You didn't have a choice for a year and a half. And and um, they, I will say this. This is one of the easiest games, I think, to transition over into virtual. Because I'm old school. I'm used to being pen and paper, and that's it. And we're just sitting there discussing. And I think I feel like most of us at this, like, I definitely think, Pete, I don't know how, because you, you came in playing uh, next to a, an actual game. So I don't know how much was set before you but i've been in poor dnd where it's literally you have one player guide you have one dm book and then you have whatever your paper is in the the one i went uh, do in the game shop yeah yeah that been running for about five years before i joined okay so they they, they were well set up yeah i mean they've had maybe mm, i think it was about that or that it's been it had been a long running game with like loads of history and loads of in jokes and, you know, they've been players come and go and so on. Um, but, yeah, it was very well established. And actually, you know, every single person had their own player's handbook. You know, it, you know, and they knew their characters inside and out. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, it is really cool. And now I'm one of the ones who's been playing 
longer um so it's quite nice to you know bring other people in and so like is this your first warlock by the way yes yeah it so is. what do you so what do you think uh, th let's talk about your character real quick uh you're playing a warlock a halfling warlock whose yep. patron is Sito. So let's, what, how, what do you think about playing a warlock? Um, I mean, the answer is always Eldritch Blast, a bit like Fireball. <laughs> yeah. um, right. But I, I like the dichotomy between what Nyx knows and what Marin knows. Uh, that's quite fun. Um, the limit of spell slots for a warlock like I'd heard warlocks, like people playing warlocks complain about, oh, we don't have any spell slots. Didn't realize how much of a problem that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, but I, I like it. Like the, the um, like interaction with the patron mm -hmm. is really cool. Like I love that part about playing Marin. So it's, play it's, would you say a warlock is more RP than it is for other classes? Um. I guess it kind of depends on the game, but there's less, like when you're in combat, there's less things you can do. Mm. Um, and so, you know, rather than spending time going, well, am I going to do this spell or this spell? Or if I do this one, then this one. So I've played a sorcerer before. I've played a kind of wizard before. I've played a fighter. I've played a rogue. Um, I've never played a bard or a druid. I don't think. But so yeah. Did you start in fifth edition? Yeah. Okay. 3.5. Yeah, no, I started at fifth edition, so I didn't start that long ago. I don't know. Um, That's all right. No shame in that. 2014 or newer, but I mean, but, and, yeah, and I'll exactly. say this, that as having played older editions, fifth edition has made the game accessible to both new players and to a lot of the older folks. It's, it's simplified 3.5. Uh, but it wasn't so simplistic like fourth edition mm -hmm. and people just didn't people don't hate it like they hated fourth edition um mm -hmm. but it but it is a very accessible game that is that is still you can play it very role play heavy or you can play it very combat heavy uh, and see, it fits both styles see role play is like my jam that's the part i love the most i love um, in playing I love D &D. And, and I like fleshing out the characters. And Marin kind of came from a bit of a trope of all the characters that I play, because there's an ongoing joke with my friends that every character I play um, is a mum who loves tea. And I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Mm, no, I had Atrug. He was a fighter who referred to himself in third person. And they were like, yes. But his whole backstory is that he was cooking a meal, went out to find mushrooms, <laughs> Still hasn't found them six months later and has got embroiled in this adventure. But he is still your, wants to make a nice pie. Is your animal spirit a halfling, like a hobbit or something? Because you, you base everything around tea and food. I freaking love it. What's wrong with that? Well, that no, not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I think. No, but the thing is, I think that is me. Like, I am 100% cup of tea, have some food. Like, that is my family history. That is You're what my hobbit. grandmother did. That's what my mom does. If there's a problem, make a cup of tea. Here, have a sandwich. And my, my grandmother was Spanish, so she was like, eat, eat, eat. Well, no, we've just had lunch. Oh, just a little snack, whole leg of a pig kind of thing. <laughs> she was great. She is, like, incredible. incredible. I can't yeah, wait to come incredible. visit you in the UK. I'm totally coming to hang out with you guys. Oh, you should. You should. You absolutely should. Um, but so I thought I'd lean in quite heavily to it on um, 
Marin, because everyone says, oh, you always play mums who like tea. I'm like, right, okay, I'm going to play a mum. In fact, not only a mum, a grandma who likes tea. So what was what were some of your favorite moments with Marin so far? Um, I think uh, the whole broom incident. So, you know, when we... <laughs> When we open, well, one, the fact that she was confused that the door opened inwards and she was like, but doors don't open inwards. And obviously she'd forgotten the concept of cupboard. Um, and I think that was the point where she learned not to poke things. Um, so I very much enjoyed that. Um, in episode six, the whole um, musical, uh, what's the word? Accompaniment to the major armor. <laughs> Have you, did you listen myself. to that yet, David? No, not like that. No, I haven't. So yet. I added, because so you guys were making fun of me when like when I was talking about how the uh, it grew in her hands. And so when I added that like Kenny G music. So when she goes, I, I touch myself instantaneously. I put in sexy like borderline porno music into the background. And yeah, no, it was absolutely perfect. And that's I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm getting my revenge. So the other thing right back from the beginning of episode one was when um that, that helpful man came over to offer us stuff and i was like no go away yeah everybody got stuff and i was like and and that's and legitimately had, had that just happened where you just talked to your patron and they said don't trust anyone and i just happened to roll in i'm like oh she's going first so let's see what happens you're like oh i shouldn't trust anybody (laughs) the hell with you that's fair but also you know she had just come from you know she just kind of left home like she you know she'd been in the city and met sito and then got on the boat you know she's fresh out the farm she's just been you know so severely hurt by her husband of you know 40 you know 30 years you know someone she you know loved with all of her heart had two kids with you know had grandchildren they you know bought this farm together you know she she was just she was so happy and then for everything to be destroyed under her you know up is down left is right and she you know she very very scarred and not didn't want to trust people particularly men so you know for a man to come up and you know, challenge her independence. Actually, that was very much. I think you did a good job with it. I I think it you you have done, and all of you guys have done very good with your role playing of your characters. I I very much enjoy it. Uh, David's like, hey, you know what? I'm a cat. I'm gonna poke stuff. I'm gonna tempt the fates. This is what I do. This is this is meta for me. You, on the other hand, are like, no, I'm not gonna play that game. And then. Pete's going to be the turtle and like, well, I guess it's time for a drink. Uh, so, um, but one of my favorite moments with your character, and it was one of my favorite moments to design was getting your gift from your patron. <gasps> the skull. Oh it was, and I talked to, I, I talked to my boy, Bob, and I'm actually going to have him on the podcast too, because I keep talking about him and people are like, who's this Bob? I'm like, don't worry, we're going to get him on. Uh, but we talked to him about it. And he's like, how do you think she's going to feel about this? And I went back and forth. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I think it would be great to give her the skull of, oh my God, what is the the, the girl's name? Jillian. Um, Jillian. I, I wanted to say Jennifer for a second, Jillian, given her Jillian's skull. And I'm like, 
how much of just like a mind blow do you think that's going to be? And he's like, that's risky, man. She may not like that, but I'm like, it'll plot will thicken. The plot will thicken. And she's like, he's like, all right, let's just see what happens. See, interestingly, see, I'm still not, me, me, Nix, and also Marin aren't necessarily convinced that it is Julian's skull. Because, you know, there's no proof. And I think she... I think she's thinking, no, it can't be, it can't be, no, 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 it can't be. And she's kind of very much in denial <laughs> about the fact it's Julian's skull and not thinking about it. But that was a fun moment. That was one of my favorites. That was amazing. So <laughs> as soon as that happened, so Pete wasn't in the podcast at that point, and it was like three in the morning, three thirty, <laughs> and I just I had to fight the urge to wake him up and go, oh my god, it's Julian's skull. <laughs> and you should have like, done it. You should have. But friends who listen, I yeah. just wanted to go, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I couldn't tell anyone. It was so stressful. <laughs> um, and, no, just every, and every conversation with Sito. Yes. I love that Marion clearly has no idea who she's talking to. No, no, she... <laughs> I, well, that's, that was another thing that one of the people asked. I don't know if you've read these questions. How did she survive this long without dying if her instinct is to go in and hang out in a cemetery at night? <laughs> um, it's this blind trust of her patron. She has like, oh, un- dying trust. Um, so let me ask you both these guys. Uh, since I have you and we we are recording tomorrow for the D&D or side, um, where do you guys think this is going to go? Like, where do you think, what do you think is going to happen? This is, this is, let's put on your conspiracy theory hats. What's, what, you, what are your thoughts? Or what would you like, or what would you like to see, or you think might happen? Okay. So I think that the whole town is either a Raven Queen cult or entirely like a fictional illusion kind of thing. Like it doesn't, you know, it's all a facsimile that doesn't exist. Um, Because there's just too many things that fit together just a little too neatly. Mm. So I don't think any of it's what it seems to be. Okay. What about you, David? Well, you know, we we've run into we've run into townspeople who apparently don't have any memory of things that we can see, right? That whole the whole job board of missing people. People are like, oh no, we've never seen a tabaxi here. Even there's one that lives in a house right there. Um, so I, I don't know if yeah. this is kind of like a, a a Wandavision situation where they're being you know they they're being mind controlled or. There's some sort of other uh, uh, sensory altering uh, thing going on. Um, is it island wide? Is it is it just within this this little town? Because my character has a, a side quest to meet someone in a different town altogether, and Ooh, I'm assuming so that mine. right. And I'm assuming that we'll pick that up Eventually. after a couple <laughs> levels or, or something later, or that's just one of those those story hooks that that the dungeon master throws out and then like any good party we just completely ignore and go do whatever the hell we want yeah that's fair <laughs> i can't say that's not completely not true because 
you guys definitely went down in that cellar and i was like all right well this is going to be interesting yeah but the thing is once we when we fought the whatever it is in the graveyard and we know like marin and um seven who should not hang out just the two of them um (laughs) you need an adult yeah but the total not not a helpful well but we forgot what happened so i think there's something you know i think that's where people are forgetting um but you know steve i I talked to you about this i I don't you know and to go meta i don't know if we want to looking to bring in a fourth player in that is it yes we are definitely going to be um, trying to bring in a fourth player another player i want to try know, to because keep... the, the traditional D party is built around fighter cleric magic user thief i mean it's a lot of and a lot of the adventures they design they've designed historically have all been built around that dynamic um so i mean the the, the trick will be to find somebody who will fit in with our group um He's a little more of an adult. <laughs> nah. No, no you don't some... want responsible. You don't want a responsible person. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, oh, no. We, think, we need... But I think there are different aspects where each of us kind of takes the lead. Yeah. So I think no. you Mary guys, you guys, quite mumsy. And she's, you know, she when you two are like squabble, or when you're dithering or like squabbling children, she's quite good at, no, we're going to do this. We're going to go there. The turtle is a little bit sort of older, wiser, and makes slightly more sensible decisions than we do. Um, and I think he poked seven, a bunch of boxes with a sword, a magical sword. Slightly. <laughs> we tried to feed a kraken. Oh no! You successfully fed we a didn't kraken. We didn't try to you, feed it. We fed it. And you fed oh. wolves, and you decapitated a snake, and. <laughs> And you poked mimics, and you went into a graveyard, and you opened... on my own at night. <laughs> at night. Yeah. But you, you, uh, David, you did, you did do some awesome, like guitar or sitar or whatever right. instrument you were playing. I, I think it's a, just a lute, pretty plain. Oh. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I I definitely enjoy stuff that you guys are doing. I think. I always like letting people try to build their own characters as much as I can. And if I can be like, Hey, this might be something you guys want to look at. Like Pete was like, what should I do? And I'm like, well, they definitely need a little more of a punchier turtle or not turtle, but like, uh, what did I say? Like a paladin or something. Yeah. Or cleric cleric. And he ended up going with a turtle, which is amazing. Um, I'm, you know, the other thought was a goblin. That would have been awesome too. Oh my God. That would have been hilarious. A, a goblin cleric of the light. Just this little angry fireball. I think he's a um, cleric of the forge, isn't he? Oh, he is a cleric of the forge. He is. I should know you what know, my players are. Because the, the three of us, when we started, we I mean, we had basically three caster classes. You did. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like letting people choose whatever they want sure. as much as possible. Because it makes, and you guys have done a really good job of keeping every body alive for the most part. Well, I mean, yeah. I, my armor class is 15 and i think until the turtle showed up that was the highest in the party <laughs> that's that's bad when you're i when think you're... with my armor, i'm mine's now 15 as well i think right. um, but then that could be my character with any one of the you guys might want to start looking moment. for some mithril armor or something soon holy cow yeah, um, i don't i don't know if um warlocks can casters can wear heavy armor can't they mithril is can be light 
There's light mithril. Yeah, maybe. Uh, medium, I think. Is it? Um, oh, maybe I could just wear the skull of Jillian. There you go. <laughs> well, that right. Because I'm real. I was real close until the turtle showed up. I was real close to taking a dip in uh, one level dip into barbarian to pick up unarmored defense. That's barbarian. A barbarian. Um, yeah, I know. A barbarian. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it's you guys have been a blast to play with and I, I can't wait to see where else this goes um i'm now, excited yes very very much excited uh, i can't wait for tomorrow night you guys because you guys are going to get to do the uh your your battle because you are getting ready to battle uh yeah the the false hydra because i we can say it because you guys do know what it is yeah now. yeah we do it's false hydra. Uh, I just it, it's yes it is a false hydra and there's well, people got that, you do have fleshy and i've been actually actively looking for a model and i'm probably just going to end up having to make it a model for this horrific creature that i have deemed in my head what fleshy looks like and it's it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying um but i also but, liked it you know we disguised him you know that scene in et where they put yeah. the flower hat on him? <laughs> that's, that's what i keep thinking about is it nemesis from resident evil uh no it will almost just put okay. like a like a dog skull on it imagine right. the arms of like nemesis is like these just think like the a beefed out diesel frankenstein upper torso and okay. um and then after that it has like a just shrinking spinal cord that is okay coming out and then it has like a dog skull I mean, it's like various colors of necrotic flesh and everything. Because I'm just assuming, like, when Eager Brain was building this, he was just grabbing whatever he could. Right. So, um, but my question for you, good sir, since you've been, because you came going away from the D&D side, going back to the regular podcast, and we'll, we'll mm -hmm. kind of wrap up here. Uh, you know, you've been with the podcast as a guest. For the, as my go-to knowledge since the very beginning pretty much where you came on for mando mercs right and we were talking about the mandalorian which has actually almost been a year ago so because right. that came out in what december of time frame i think is yes. when it was yeah yeah so you came on in december that right uh so you've been with the podcast for a while as our, our go-to source for star wars and various nerd knowledge and i loved having you on because you were always like hey man do you need me for another episode what do you guys you know do you, do you want to what are you guys talking about like oh we're doing this all right well if you need somebody i'm here come on david let's do this buddy and and when i don't I, have a life and i have a lot of free time no that's okay that's perfect yeah. because when you when it came down to it and i was like man i need another co-host I was like, you know what? I, you were the first one that came to my mind because you're always here anyways. I might as well just be like, hey, you're official now. <laughs> I did. I used to make the joke. I made the joke earlier episodes like, oh, yeah, now I got to make him assign a contract. He's part of the show now. Her, 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 her. And then I was like, son of a gun, I should just make him my co-host. Let's, <laughs> David, you want to do this? You're already here anyways. Do I have to do anything different? Not really. No. Yeah, man. Just exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but it's mad that it's been a year. It, it really is. I'm so happy so very blessed so very lucky i've got to do some really cool stuff we've got to meet some really cool people uh the other thing i was actually going to say the composite effects people 
incorporated the people that did my awesome mask mm-hmm. they're actually That's down there in bat they did they're out in baton rouge oh, they're right okay. out they were right out there and i didn't think about that when you were down there like oh my god uh but yeah we've got to we got to have the people that make the mimics i got to do an escape room get the mandalorian mercs on we got to have sarah who's down in florida on we got to have mm-hmm. uh amanda raymond from 13 Curb Productions on the show talking about WandaVision. We've got to do some really, really cool things and right. have some really cool moments. So moving forward, I, I coming into this next year, I think what I want to do, I want to keep doing that. You know, I, I think right. that we have the, the, at least right now, the right algorithm of BSing and tangents because people love our tangents. <laughs> And they love it when you get on the, and they love it when you get on your soapbox and they love hearing from our guests um, and, and talking about the things that we are absolutely passionate about and learning about, especially I love, love, love supporting like small businesses, like mm. having the, doing the, my first escape room and it being local and knowing that I was able to help out them out a little bit oh, priceless. Right. Well, the, the, you know, the, the, the folks from Unnatural, uh, Unnatural 20 Art, I, they were fabulous. You know, that's phenomenal. Th- some folks like that, you know, because I always like to learn about things that, you know, I may not know about or have any exposure to. Um, the, you know, th- that kind of thing is, is very interesting to me. I, th- I was looking back, I think I've been on 13 non D&D episodes with you. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I know some of the time we just like to to get on and, and talk about whatever's going on, you know, because a True lot of story. it has been TV shows, whether it's Falcon, the Winter Soldier or Black Widow or it's been a busy couple of years with TV shows, though. It, well, I mean, basically everything was shut down because of COVID. So it right. was either it was what's coming out and it's mostly TV right. stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm. It, it's Loki or it's it's, you know, Falcon, Winter Soldier, some of those. Um, There's been some incredible stuff in the last year. Oh, yeah. It really has. Um. And, and hopefully once, you know, once we get past COVID, we can, they'll continue to have stuff that we can come on and talk about. Um, I and would like not, to we'll just keep d and Sure. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd like to keep talking to artists and, and folks who, and production people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I found that to be very interesting. You know, Is there a I, subject I, that you want to talk about that you, we haven't talked about yet? Because I have one. I have okay. I Doctor Who. We have okay. not done a Doctor <gasps> Who episode, and that is a cult in itself. Right, it really is. Um, is is that a passion of yours, Nick? Or do you know somebody that that's a passion of? Because you guys are over in the UK, where you yeah. guys have the police boxes. We don't have those here in the states. We do, and I used to live in Cardiff, where the uh, Doctor Who exhibition was as well. And I remember them filming the first episode with Rose Tyler in um, <gasps> the high street where I worked in a bar. Yeah. Um, in Cardiff when I was in uni. Billy Piper. I do like Doctor Who, but I, ha- I have I have some opinions. Um, so yes. So who, who's who's a favorite Doctor? Oh, um. Not who's the best. Who's your favorite? Tom Baker or David Tennant? Okay, fair. I so I came in watching Matt Smith, but I okay. went back. I, I, I've I've watched a bunch of them. David Tennant is up there. 
Uh, However, I will say Peter Capaldi is I like him because he he was just different. He was he was more the rock star. He was more rebellious. And he, he had he had an attitude. I haven't and gotten to watch and I haven't not because I don't like her. I just haven't had a chance to watch anything since Peter Capaldi actually stopped being Doctor Who. Um, I want to, I just haven't had a chance. See, not a lot of, you know, there was a lot of backlash against Peter Capaldi. What I quite liked about him as the Doctor, although I much prefer some of the others. Just say that again. Just say the Doctor one more time. Because I love the the, the British accent saying the Doctor. It's so much fun. (laughs) It's so (laughs) stupid, I know. But But I, I quite liked that he was that bit older. Because yes. sometimes, particularly, you know, not in the earth, there's sometimes that kind of like frisson between the doctor and his assistant. And actually with Capaldi, we didn't have that. No. And I thought that was an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I, I just, I liked that he, he had a temper. He yeah. had a temper and it was fun to see. And he would, he would get mad and then he'd be like, he'd figure it out. He's like, oh, and then you're like, ah, he's gonna. He he almost. You know what he actually reminded me of? He is House. If House was Doctor Who, and I think that's what I liked about him because he like he was just Hugh like Laurie would be a really good Doctor actually. He would be a good Doctor too, wouldn't he? Um, I I again I can't say anything about the latest girl other than I've seen she was on a show with David Tennant and um one of the ladies who was she was in Hot Fuzz. Uh, but she was the mom from a, a drama series that was over on the BBC. Uh, and David Tennant was the detective. Oh, uh, I know what you mean. Yes. My head's saying Whitechapel, but it's not. Um, Broadchurch. Broadchurch, that's it. That's yes. It. I've watched I've watched this first season. I never had, haven't seen the second. But uh, yeah, that was a good show, too. And I haven't seen that. Did you it's, have Torchwood talking of Doctor Who? Uh, no, but my first wife loved Torchwood. Uh, she was definitely about that. And I, I heard nothing but good things about that too. Um, I like mm. I like those shows. Um, but yeah, I want to do a Doctor Who episode. Uh, that's okay. actually, that was my son's first nerdum too, is when he was like, three and he, he i said you know we're sitting there watching tv and he goes i'm like what do you want to watch he was like the doctor i'm like the doctor like doctor who and he's like yeah and i'm like done let's watch doctor who and we were watching it was matt smith playing the doctor and i think the episode was dinosaurs in space was the one we were like the episode he wanted to watch <laughs> doctor who would be an episode, uh star trek Yes, we do need to do a Star Trek episode. We haven't had a Star Trek episode. Um, you know, and, and then you start getting into the smaller niche little franchises, whether it's Battlestar Galactica or Stargate, um, you know, The Expanse or any of those. Um, it, you know. There's the, and But that's it, it's crazy to think, though. We've done, I've done this for a year and we haven't covered we barely scratch the surface when it comes to nerd culture because sure. they're, they're just keep coming out with stuff. And that's so glorious to think. But there's um, also like really cool stuff like Farscape and stuff like that. There is. And they're, and they're coming out with ba- Cowboy Bebop. 
on Netflix. Mm-hmm. There, uh, the path, uh, the book of Boba is coming right. out. Uh, the ugh, there's so much. Well, so and, much, and so then much. even even beyond that, I mean, even beyond just just reviewing media, because yeah, the, the other side of this is there are a lot of people who review media. I mean, if, if yes, whether it whether it's Game of Thrones or whether it's Star Trek or or whatever, I mean, there are a lot of podcasts that that deal with those. Um, you know, I I have enjoyed you know I enjoyed having Dana on the show uh, to talk about something he's passionate about Legos. Legos. Yes, uh, you know Dana we had we had Unnatural Twenty Art on. You know, getting some folks who 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 do LARP, some folks who do uh, S. It, SCA over here in the states, you know the 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 Penzik War is the big uh, SCA event. Um, you know, folks who folks who do who build medieval weaponry or train in medieval yes, fighting we, styles. Yes, we we're gonna have uh, Kevin, I think, is who we're trying to get uh, scheduling with him. He's a he's a letter carrier like myself, uh, so he 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 has a, a hectic schedule. You know, and and I also would you know. Have, maybe even have some people to come in to talk about sports or, or, you know, you know, semi-professional sports players or people who play in, in hobby leagues for maybe Australian rules, football or rugby or, or something like that, that you might not, that might not have a regular, you know, voice in, in some of these spaces. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, it, it's your show, so you can do what you want with it. <laughs> no, but... that's okay. This is where oh, we're dinosaurs. having this. Yes. I want an have episode a... on dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Oh my you know, that just, is such a nerdy thing. No, that would I be. Love I love dinosaurs. I, right. Like, if, What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Classic Triceratops. Carnotaurus. And I was so excited Ooh. to finally get it in live action. Uh, but my reason it was my favorite is because it can unhinge its jaw. And I thought that was so cool because there was no other dinosaur that does that. See, I, I just always really loved Triceratopses since I was like a little girl. Because I like the fact that even though there are bigger, scarier dinosaurs that prey upon them, when they work together in a herd, and actually they can easily be off, you know, well, they're, they're the coolest. Lots of other massive dinosaurs. No, Styracosaurus was way cooler. Has way more horns. Triceratops is a classic cool dinosaur. Just it is. Well, when I played roller derby, because you know you have like names that are puns. Mine was Triceratops because I love Triceratopses. That's awesome. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if if, if it we was do it, problematic a... though, because obviously it was terror for sure. And when we came, when we went and did our, um, when we came to play in the tournament in um, New York, uh, like there was me who was terror. We also had Violet Attack who was attack, um, and you know we had like lots of people with fairly violent names. And you can't just be like terror attack. <laughs> So Bloodlust. Paleontologist. <laughs> do you know any paleontologists? Let's get them on. I do. Uh, do I know? A proctologist. A paleontologist. paleontologist. Oh yeah, no, that's cooler. Um, do I? I know some, but it's been a long time since I talked to them. However, I do have Yale, Harvard, uh, UConn, uh, very local to me. They're all in within in Boston University. Um, yeah i should definitely uh get on that and see if we can't get a paleontologist or two on the show and talk up dinosaurs sure uh, i mean well, if you we know, do that though other... we got to play the the song by they may be giants i am a paleontologist have you ever heard that one i no. am a paleontologist 
That's who I am. That's who I am. I'm going to sing the damn song. Right. <laughs> it's my podcast. Right. I'll do what I want. Right. Well, but, you know, but that, be, that's, that kind of thing is, I think a lot of people are very interested in that. And that would be yeah, something. That, no. That, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I would love would to actually get some actual scientists on the show. Right. Uh, I actually tried to get one, unfortunately, uh, the an anthropologist on the show to talk about Halloween with us and like the background of it. And unfortunately she had some like scheduling conflicts and everything and she couldn't make it in time. She's like, yeah, we can do it in November. And I was like, I, I was trying to get it for Halloween, but, and it's, well, it, it, it piss poor planning and scheduling conflicts. So it, it, it I mean, it happens. Uh, I, but I, that's, I would like to get, if, if and I yeah. know you've tried, I've, I would like to get Kevin Smith and I will block off an entire Saturday <laughs> because Kevin Smith is one of those guys that you ask him one question and then he will talk for an hour. He will just, he will just go. And so we, you'd have to do that, but, but I, I would just like just to sit around that would to me be nerd heaven is just sit around and listen to Kevin Smith tell stories for an afternoon. But what I love about nerddom is like there's so many different like areas. Like so mine are D and D, dinosaurs, but also um expressionist physical theater, um, which I'm absolutely passionate about since I was in uni. And I, I you know, I love all of the kind of like yeah, massive theater nerd. No, that's okay. That's great. So I love he, I, I love like, the work of like Tans Theater Wuppertal in Germany, working with Pina Belsch. And all the kind of like uh you know like physical representations of internal mental landscape and movement and the use of like tactile um like water or mud or you know all of that it's just incredible like if i could just do one thing with my life it would be that, that sounds like sorry i've got a bit of a no, no. that's it's that's why this podcast is nerd culture and pop culture of the 21st century. This is the things that we get geeky and nerdy about and why we love them. So um, I also need to get somebody on because I have a good friend uh, who is all about the hero clicks and he does a lot of good community stuff for this. It's a base, really intricate superheroes, supers turndial game and absolute oh, cool. blast. Um and he's done a lot of really good stuff with it. I need to get him. There's so many people I need to get on. And that the 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 pandemic was a burden, you know, it, but it was, you know, it was a blessing and a curse in the same time because we got to do a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I haven't gotten to do yet. And, you know, hashtag goals. Um, and now having like you guys over in the UK, <laughs> and all the because that is that's like the other in my mind when i think of like like nerdy heaven i think of like the uk because i think you got all the medieval like that's where all our medieval stereotypes are from and uh warhammer 40k is over there games workshop is over there so i got my lord of the rings middle earth and all that stuff and then i got my my family in new zealand and they literally no he doesn't live on the island anymore i think i think middle earth locations hobbit town i think it's in it's in. oh i've been uh you've been my first wife has been and actually ethan he, she was pregnant with ethan he's been to middle earth so he he's well, he's been there um i went when i went to visit um the my 
my best friend Zoe, who I started playing D&D with, and then she and her girlfriend moved to New Zealand. And so I went over to visit her and we went to Hobbiton. Are we going to have to have her on the show so she can talk about it with us? I'll get um, everybody on the show. She's <laughs> great. Um, she's a psychiatrist. All right. That's awesome. Mm. Is she yeah, going to analyze this over here and tell us all, all sorts of issues like I have narcissism with borderline social, you know, anxiety or something like that. Tolkien would be be a fabulous (laughs) subject. I, yes. Um, Because, because you could, I I would make the argument that Tolkien is the grandfather of modern fantasy. Absolutely. Arguably. I mean, Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons has undeniable uh, roots in, in Tolkien. Well, that's, a, that's one of the things we talked about in our first D&D episode, which was episode one, um, was they used to play the battles of right. from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit on paper form. And then they're like, and it was called Chainmail. And then they wanted to get down on a singular level. And that's where D&D came from. Now, if you ask uh, Hasbro, Wizards, whatever, you know, is that really where it came from now? They're going to say no, because that's whole legal issues. And right. pretty much Games Workshop owns all the rights to Lord of the Rings. Mm. So, oh, right. But but Lord, uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit is a lot of people's gateway, was a lot of people's gateway into fantasy. And a lot of the authors, the, the D&D authors, you know, uh, the, whether it's Dragonlance or, or Gary Gygax or... R.A. Salvatore or any of those others, you know, it, it all it all goes back to it all goes back to Tolkien. Harry Potter is another subject we could do, although that's kind of problematic for some people. There's a reason we went with a the contest or the uh, the the the, uh, the game show instead of doing yeah because there's a lot of issues. There's a that, lot of controversy with yes. J.K. Rowling and her yeah, politics. JK, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Um, it's, but it is still it's it's focusing on the subject. And if I do do it or we do it, and which I, I I'm really not against it. It's making mm-hmm. sure that it's focused on the positives and what is the fantasy then, around it versus. But the right. other question is: the more it's discussed, is that then giving more airtime? to what well, we did we did an episode on we did an episode on hp lovecraft mm. and hp lovecraft originally he had a lot of mental issues yes there's no doubt about it he had a lot but he had borderline racism and anti-semitism mm. and but we we acknowledge that we acknowledge like hey yes he did and it's not justifying that but also acknowledging it and saying yes there was this but if you look at his life, it was not, it was almost seemed like it was developmental because he had a very abusive aunts that were, right. and his mom and psych, a lot of psychological issues. That would actually be a great one to talk about uh, the psychology of nerd culture with your, your friend and like she how to. Uh, because especially right, with but, H.P. Lovecraft. But, you know, but, but Harry Potter was, it was that, it was that lightning in a bottle for that time period. Yeah. And it brought a lot of people, you know, the, the, the boom in young adult fantasy and young adult science fiction doesn't happen without Harry Potter. 
without Harry Potter making gajillions of dollars on the books alone. And that's mm. before the movies and before all the merchandise, all of the stuff that comes after that hunger games, divergent, all of those other series mm. that those, those don't get funded um, without Harry Potter being as successful as it was. And also that was that also Harry Potter also comes out before electronic books it's it's like one of the last series where people have physical books and now everybody just downloads stuff to their kindle um i'm not gonna lie i listen to a lot of audibles now but that's mostly because i'm driving around so like having a book to listen to i can't tell you the last time i actually sat down and read a book which is kind of heartbreaking because i absolutely am a, a bookworm no, well, because when Harry Potter came out, you had to have a tape, uh, you had to have a cassette or a CD to do that. Yeah. And now, and now it's all right here on your phone, and you 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 bring up the app and you just play it, and it, broadband internet has made that more accessible. Our phone um, cases almost look alike, by the way. It just looks, it could be. It, it probably is. It looks like this is it the same case. It may be the same. Case. But I think even the technological convergence of kind of from book to phone and from you know a design tablet to phone and tv you know um handheld tablet to phone like the technological convergence of kind of multi products being kind of brought into one i think is really interesting yes so i mean there's there's definitely a lot of room obviously here for a lot of different subjects and the fact that we can still sit here and go, hey, we didn't talk about this. Hey, we didn't talk about this. What if we approach this? What would we like to see? I think that's great. And the other I'm thing excited. is we've got so many listeners who've probably got amazing things that we haven't even thought Absolutely. About. If you guys um, think of something, please post it in on so our social media uh, and we'll do those tags in a little bit where to find us. Um, but it's, yeah, there's, there's, there's always something I'm not thinking of, or I wouldn't put into concept of like, oh yeah, that's totally something we should be talking about. Like the psychology, that's a deep one right there of like, of nerd culture. That's yeah. That's some really interesting stuff right there. So um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Because we actually did go a little bit longer than I was trying to, but we got some questions on social media. Did we answer them all? Uh, we answered, let's see, uh, <laughs> sure. Why not? Let's, let's do this. Um, we'll do this last one. Uh, let's see, actually. Uh, yeah, let's go with this one. Um, this is, this is one of the last questions we got was, uh, if your character in D and D were a Pokemon, which one would it be and why? <laughs> uh, Steph, Josephine, I, I hope you, uh, <laughs> you enjoy this one right here uh as your dm uh i i don't think i get a choice but i I guess if i had to pick one i'm you two because i'm manipulating everything uh i'm old school i i only go up to 251 i i I don't go anything after that (laughs) gold and silver were my pristine totodile was my number one pokemon so that's my that's my dude. I like the little hyperactive, like alligator that's on coffee. So that's my little dude. Uh, David, are you a Pokemon guy? Nope. I was gonna say, do you even? Can you? You're gonna be like Pikachu? Why? I don't know. I, I I was I I was probably too old when Pokemon came out. When when did that come? 
Did that, was uh, that Pokemon in came out in 1995 was red okay. and blue and i got that right. for my birthday i remember and how old were you you were 11 12 10 okay uh, so was i was I. in college i should have graduated you're you're, you're, you're old no we've we've yes. we've covered that multiple yeah. times yeah so because because i i missed out on pokemon and i missed out on the power rangers um <gasps> oh my next yeah, door neighbor was... wants me to do an episode on power rangers by the way and i told him we totally would do it so that's okay. another one um so i i missed out on th those two trends i was uh, i was i was too old because when pokemon came out like i said i was in college and i had a lot of uh tabletop rpg snobbery and biases against collectible card games because i viewed pokemon and magic the gathering and, and some of those as just cheap instant gratification money grabs um yeah how's that 25 million dollar charizard card making you feel right now i again I'm, I'm not saying that some of them aren't valuable i'm just saying that <laughs> seem like money grabs because you know like you were talking about with the with the warhammer stuff i mean they what do they do the only way they can keep making money is to have artificial scarcity of some cards and then to reintroduce a new set of cards every couple of years to make your old cards worthless so that you have to buy new ones um, again and i i just felt like you know there was all you did you built a deck and then you played it there was no ongoing character development like with a tabletop role-playing game uh, again that that's me being a snob and that's me being old uh <laughs> if you can call 20 1995 i would have been 22 if you can call that being old oh uh, but i i just had a lot of my other friends at the time had those same biases against collectible no, so card okay. games. i respect that i respect yeah, that. i didn't play the card game but i loved the cartoon you, the show was it the show okay Oh yeah. So Marin, if Marin was a Pokemon. So I saw this on their social media and I've been I've been thinking about it. So I have two options. Either Magikarp, because useless Gyarados. Like useless, useless, useless meets whatever the hell Cito is, Gyarados. Or Evie, because she doesn't quite know who she is yet. But I think she's just about to start turning into Espeon. Okay. Um, or Umbreon. I was, I, I was in my head. I thought she was a Chansey because she's oh. just this. She's just happy and go lucky, and she just goes with the flow. And yes. she's just, she's this rarity, special little gem. And <laughs> she, she, no, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, if I had to say. Our Tabaxi Seven was a Pokemon since David wasn't a Pokemon guy. Um, I, I don't know. Is there one that just like pokes things with a stick and makes? Bad it has to be something quite hyperactive. I don't know. Maybe our audience can come up with his Pokemon for me because I can't come up with anything. Because <laughs> I was going to say something stupid like Meowth. But it just doesn't fit his character. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, he's maybe not quite as sassy as Meowth. Meowth was clearly the best character. Um, I don't know. That's tricky. That is a that tricky, is tricky question. So, all right, audience, if you guys can come up with what David's Pokemon is, we'll, we'll definitely get him that Pokemon card and send it his way. Something old sure. and a stick in the mud, right? 
<laughs> Old and boring. Yeah, well, yeah, I think not you. What would seven be? I'm gonna give some thought to it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good thinker one there. <laughs> um, that's a great final thought too. Let's figure out what David's the seven Pokemon is. Uh, I, I, that's yeah. I I, I got nothing. Um, so let's go ahead and we'll go ahead and we'll Snorlax. wrap up. Snorlax. <laughs> Snorlax. <laughs> no, I can't even know. <laughs> See, if, if you're going to say that, then you have to buy me that giant Snorlax body pillow Done. that fills up yeah, the living Nix room. Nix has got you that. Yeah, Nix has got that. Actually, I know, Nix, what your Pokemon, your spirit Pokemon would be. Munchlax, the baby version of, of Snorlax that just likes to go around. That's my wife's, too. That's my wife's spirit Pokemon <laughs> is Munchlax. Um, oh, 100%. Uh, I think mine's Cubone, just because he's just like, you he likes to hit. Wear your mother's skull on your head? I mean, given the option, have you met my mother? It might be no. Uh, it's freaking morbid. Thanks. I just liked him because he beat stuff with a, a bone. I just thought that was hilarious. You like to bone things? Cool. Welcome to Dazzle Nerdy Ambitions. <laughs> um, all right. What? So, what would what would my spirit Pokemon be, based on what you guys know of me? Oh. I think you'd need to be something classic, like for like early 150. Okay. Um, I think you would maybe be a not a grass type, but you'd be something that's quite grounded, but maybe like an onyx. I like onyx. Onyx is one of my favorite. All right, audience. Yeah. So that's our questions. That's our question. So if you leave comments, and uh, we'll we'll make a post for this. Uh, what? are the DNA podcast characters and we'll just say what's their spirit Pokemon. We'll let the, the audience choose what's our spirit Pokemons. Um, and then what is your spirit Pokemon? And we'll leave that there. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So let's go ahead yeah. and let's wrap this up. Um, as always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Audible or Apple, please remember to rate and review. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at NerdDNA Pod and on Twitch at NerdDNA Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Steve Pugh. Join with me tonight was the wonderful David and the spectacular Nick's. Thank you so much for both being on the show. Um, yeah, it's been it's just been such a blast. And yay, one year. Woohoo! You guys still are listening to us. So yes, thank you so much. In the years time. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you and good night. <laughs>